In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Hi, everybody. On today's show, it is all about Social Security. It is the foundation of your retirement plan. And special guest Mary Beth Franklin joins us to talk about Social Security decisions, especially in light of the pandemic. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome in. Thank you for watching on Facebook Live and on YouTube and listening all across the state of Arkansas on radio. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman. Glad to be back after a week off last week. You guys certainly did well without me, although they did not reset my headphone settings. John was in my chair, and he likes it loud. Uh, I'm deaf. What can I tell you? Man, they were. we had to pull it back really a lot. Uh, Scott uh, might you, have some hearing damage yes, after that you, sound you check. I already have that. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, don't, you don't remember your old radio days when you liked it loud. You know? <laughs> I did, yeah. And and so I, I haven't gotten over that. Yeah. That's that's the problem. And so. it has to be louder because you don't hear as well Well, no, because I, of that damage. Actually, you know, what's, what's funny, though, I, I don't notice a hearing problem with him ever. You would think that as it loud. Is. Notice he has this. It is just we're, his we're preference. We're diverting from our subject here, but it, it's not a hearing problem. It's a preference. I just yeah. like it loud. It, it's it, you can you can hear things that you can't hear when it's not speaking of old age. We're really talking about Social Security today, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not John's age. Some people do lose their hearing as they get into Social Security age. That does happen. You know, I can vouch for that. Thank my, you. My father. It. My father is that way, and I'm destined for that too. I, it's going to happen. Trying to be, keep the peace here, so I'm just not going to say anything. Yeah, we are excited today to talk about Social Security. Uh, Mary Beth Franklin will be our guest. We mentioned that in the intro. And if you don't know who Mary Beth is, we've had her on the show many times. Uh, it has been a while. She is a specialist in the field of Social Security and Medicare. She's an award-winning journalist and certified financial planner and writes a weekly column on retirement issues for investment news and hosts her own podcast. We are excited to have her on in the next segment. So uh, after our first commercial break, Mary Beth will be with us to talk about lots of interesting things about Social Security, but particularly in light of the pandemic. Yeah, you've got a lot of, of things going on here, and Social Security is, is probably not the most exciting subject. I don't know anybody's heart that just picks up a little uh, extra beat or anything when you talk about Social Security. But when you understand what a vital role it plays, even for folks who have a lot of money in their 401k plans and things of that nature, Social Security, as Scott said at the opening of the show, is the foundation of your retirement program. We believe it is the bedrock on which everything else rests. And there are some decisions that you have to make on timing of Social Security, when to take it, how to take it, all those types of things. That's really important. But I think the thing that you've got to realize is that your Social Security, if you had to have money set aside to produce the income to you that Social Security can produce, you'd have to have a massive amount of money, Janet. Yeah. So if you think about somebody who has $2,000 a month in, in benefit from Social Security, so that's $24,000 in a year, you're looking at five hundred dollars to $600,000 that you would have to have in order to generate that level of income from your investments. And so it really is, you talk about it not being terribly exciting, but you know people would get pretty excited about having half a million dollars or six hundred thousand dollars to handle their investments that type of thing and that's really representative of one person's income in the household so you know if you've got a couple of people at that level then we're talking about a million dollar decision and it just doesn't look that way on paper because you're looking at a monthly income but it really is a big deal well guys let's let's just quick poll here what is the average amount that you see a family generate from Social Security in retirement, just of all of our clients? I, I would say probably pretty much around 3500 You usually mm -hmm. have a, a 2000 and about a 1500 in there. I was going to say three to 3500 yeah. 2000 yeah. to 3500 So every three to $3,500 a month in your retirement makes a big difference. Mm -hmm. And that's why this is such an important issue. And there's a lot of information out there and there's a lot of misinformation out there about Social Security. Uh, I run into people 
continuously that think they've got to claim it as soon as they turn 62 because it's going to all be gone by the time I get there. And and that is just laboring under a false sense of insecurity. Yeah, that is probably the number one question I think we hear in a client Mm -hmm. meeting room when we bring up Social Security or they bring it up and they say, well, is it even going to be there? Because that is the thought process, I think, and, and rightfully so, quite frankly, if you see what the, is put forth in the media, that uh, it is going to run out. It, it's not going to be there. But the truth of the matter is, is that the Social Security Administration puts out an annual report that identifies where the status of the program is. And if nothing changes by it, and this this uh, year varies, it's gone from 2033 to 2034, but I think it's at 2034 now, the last one that I read that came out last April, uh, that if nothing changes by 2034, that yes, there would have to be decisions made to cut benefits, but not eliminate right. benefits. The The law says that they still have to send those checks out. It doesn't say how much the checks have to be. So the checks could be lower, and that's if nothing changes. And well, we certainly believe that that's not going to be the case. We're playing kick the can with the politicians yeah. right now, and eventually they're going to do something. Well, and we'll be talking with Mary Beth about this fact. If you think about the fact that we have now somewhere between, depending on which statistic you look at, we have somewhere between 15 and 20 percent unemployment in the United States right now. Yeah. And you have to ask yourself, okay, where does Social Security get its money? It gets right. its money from people that are out working. Yeah. And if fewer people are working, then that's going to create an even bigger burden on the system. And Janet, that's why, num- number one, we focus on Social Security and, and want to be sure that we give straight talk to people about the condition of the program so they can be dependent upon it in an accurate way. Yeah. But also, it really does bring up this whole idea that we've said for years and years is that you've got to fend for yourself in your retirement. You really can't count on a lot of help from a lot of other people. You know, Social Security, when it was originally established, was all always intended to be a supplement to your retirement. And at that point, most people who were retiring had a pension, so it was intended to supplement your pension. Then there came a shift where companies went from pensions to more like 401k plans. Yours might have a different title, but it would be something comparable to that. And so now it is up to you to provide money for that, that plan, that retirement plan, and then still have Social Security to supplement it. So the Social Security, we do still believe will be there but it's your responsibility to provide the 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 greater portion if you will of your overall retirement and you've got to get started on that but again social security is is a very important part of your overall retirement plan and it's an important part for us when we plan i think that's the important thing that we should highlight here is we talk about all the time retirement is essentially an income problem not an asset problem your your level of assets will fit in in a way that is very important but it is not the most important thing it's about your income in retirement. So it makes sense that you have to establish a social security benefit with a number on it as the foundation of your retirement, because that's going to be guaranteed. It can lay on that foundation because it's not going anywhere. It's coming to you the rest of your life. And we start there when we plan. And it makes a big difference when you take social security. You know, we we talk to people all the time about uh, understanding your claiming strategy and that type of thing. And and sometimes people get frustrated about the fact that, uh, what do you mean you don't want me to take it to 62? I, I, I probably need to do that. Well, maybe you do and maybe you don't. It really does depend on how much you have in other assets that can kind of fill that gap, if you will. So if you think about retiring early, first of all, if you're still working, there's really no reason for you to claim Social Security prior to your full retirement age because you're probably making so much money that it's not going to benefit you to take Social Security at that particular point in time. And so you have to think through some of those things and understand some of the dynamics of that. And that's why we want to talk with Mary Beth today because she is one of the leading experts in America on Social Security. Uh, She writes that column for Investment News on a regular basis. Most people don't know that uh, she was actually a uh, contributing editor to Kiplinger's Personal Finance Magazine. So we'll uh, be excited to to hear from Mary Beth right after the break, Scott. Yeah, and if you want to see how all these puzzle pieces fit together in your personal retirement plan, a reminder that we are offering free financial planning services to couples or single people who are 55 and older. We know you're getting closer to retirement. It is vital to come in and take a look. You can do that by calling 501-653-7355. Back in a moment. 
If you want the answer, ask the question. Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question, and we'll answer it on the air. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life, whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. My name's Scott Inman, along with John Shrewsbury. Thank you for joining us on the fastest four minutes in investing. And we are continuing to watch this wild ride in the market, John. March 23rd was the low of the response of the stock market to the pandemic. The, yep. the coronavirus was just coming to or bringing the country to a complete halt at that time. And the unknown drove uh, the market down to lows on March 23rd. Since that date, we have now bounced almost 40% off of those lows, which is quite incredible when you think about it, because the economic data that keeps pouring in is still pretty ugly. When you read that economic data, you would uh, basically go, who to thunk it? You know, that yeah. that was not in the cards at all. And I think that what is happening, Scott, is that the market is looking way ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, markets are always forward projecting, and this market is looking way ahead because obviously the economic numbers, when you talk about somewhere between 15 and 20 percent unemployment, 40 million Americans filing for unemployment, the thought process has to be that that's not going to last very long. And a lot of those people are actually going to go back to work. Yeah. And that's where the stock market is. But not so much for the bond market. You know, the bond right. market, uh, the rates plummeted uh, way, way down. The 10-year under 1%, usually in the, in the neighborhood, depending on the day, in the neighborhood of about 0.6% on a 10-year treasury bond. Mm. And, and you know, if we saw rates rising a little bit, we would think that economics uh, are going to get better. But the bond market's not a believer just yet. Yeah, and when you look at that for historical comparison, the bond market, even at the height of the financial crisis, was still around 25 and and got quickly back to 3%. So these are, obviously, most people realize this, historically low yields, historically low interest rates. And, and the bond markets do tend to be more cautious than stock markets. But there is kind of a, an assessment here that the that the bond market is maybe starting to believe that we are going to get into the recovery soon. We have seen some movement in the bond market that is that is slightly positive. We'll call it that. Yeah. The the spread between the corporate bond issues and the high yield bond issues has tightened a little bit. And when that tightening happens, that means that the bond market is feeling a little bit better about the economy. But now the bond folks tend to be you know the biggest pessimist in the room, and they they tend to be the the folks that just think that everything's going to go bad. That's why they're bond traders. Right. And and so the bond market hasn't bought into this market as of yet. And I have to be very transparent with you that I'm not real sure that there is any way to buy into a 40% bounce with 40 million Americans being unemployed. But you got to believe that, that things are going to get better if you're going to buy into the thought process of the bond market. The big question is, how do you play this? Yeah. We believe that there is likely to be as much as a 10%, maybe a little bit more of a pullback in the stock market in the short term. Mm -hmm. Now, we're not short-term traders by any stretch of the imagination, and we don't recommend that you be a short-term trader either. We do think that the recovery is going to happen. We're seeing lots of recovery here in Arkansas because we didn't go down as far as everybody else did. But we do believe that there is more intermediate term, let's say in the next 6 to 12 months, we believe the stock market is going to be 
higher, and the bond market will actually come alongside the stock market and respond accordingly. So for long-term investors, we still believe the market is a good place to be. You just have to have that right time horizon. That's exactly right. And that's why we segment your portfolio if you're in the ready-to-retire process. Come see us at GenWealth. We'll talk to you more about that. Yeah, you can call us at 501-653-7355. That is a look at the fastest four minutes in investing. Thanks for watching on social media and listening on the radio program. The Get Ready for the Future show continues next. There are only three things you can count on in life. Death, taxes, and the Get Ready for the Future show on Saturdays. Back with more after this break. Want more straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Listen to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to the Get Ready for the Future show. And a real quick follow-up, kind of rush as we head to break there. We were talking about uh, the financial planning opportunity through the end of June. If you are 55 and older, and if it's a couple, only one spouse has to be 55 and older, we are offering to waive our financial planning fees uh, for you to come in and build your retirement plan, walking through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process, uh, normally a value of between $500 and $1,500. We are waiving that through the end of June in light of this pandemic so that uh, that cost is not a barrier to anyone to come in and get their retirement plan built. 501 653 7355. If you're watching on the live stream today, you can call that number now. We will answer those phones and get an appointment set. Uh, a big opportunity for you to see where you are uh, in your journey towards retirement. Well, we're talking about Social Security today, and we are joined now by Mary Beth Franklin, a specialist in the field of Social Security and Medicare. She's an award-winning journalist and certified financial planner and writes a weekly column on retirement issues for investment news. Good morning, Mary Beth. How are you today? Good morning. I'm delighted that you invited me to come on the show. Thank you. Well, we are honored, and we know it's been a little while since you've joined us, but uh, you've been on many times with us. And, hey, we want to start with uh, kind of going towards an article that uh, that you wrote, a cover story for Investment News, entitled Rethinking Retirement Amid the COVID-19 Crisis. So we're in the, still in the middle of that pandemic. And in that article, you pointed out that new retirees – and those approaching retirement face the greatest threat from the crisis. Can you kind of unpack your thoughts on that for us? That's right, because um, there's a basic philosophy called sequence of return risk. It basically means if you start withdrawing from your retirement nest egg in a down market, you could be taking out more money than would be safe because in the volatile stock market, If you take out too much in the beginning, it's going to deplete your nest egg. And then when the market comes roaring back, there'll be less of it available to continue to grow. Now, let me back up and say, I'm not here to scare anybody. These numbers, and we call this the 4% rule. If you take out 4% of your whole nest egg the first year in retirement and increase it for inflation each year, it should last 30 years. But things can be scary if the very beginning of your retirement is in a volatile market like now. And that's why we always encourage people to have something other than just assets that are invested in the stock market, that you either have a lot of liquid assets like cash, or maybe you have bonds you can draw from, or maybe even guaranteed products like annuities. Mary Beth, in, great, in times of great uncertainty like we're talking about now, often there are people who need to take action who end up frozen with fear and doing nothing until they, quote, feel better. I, they, I think that sometimes they're waiting on that feeling to really sit down and maybe start planning uh, and start really being very tactical about what they're doing with their retirement. I think that sometimes that's, that's a real problem for people. What say you? Well, I would say what we have gone through over the last three months between the um, public health pandemic, the incredible drop in the stock market in mid-March, though, frankly, it's recovered much of those early losses, and now we have civil unrest around the country. There's good reason for fear of the unknown. What you don't want to do, though, is panic. Panic is when you make irrational decisions based on those fears. For example, when the stock market drops 30 percent 
and that frightens us, our first reaction is, let me pull my money out of the stock market. But it's actually the worst thing you can do because all you've guaranteed is that you've sold your assets at a loss. At the same time, while things continue to be volatile, um, we may be afraid to invest, but really when, when markets are down, things are on sale. That's the best time to invest. And again, the idea being for the majority of retirees, very few people have 100% of their assets tied up in the stock market. If you look at the fact that they have Social Security, that really acts like an annuity. Most people have that. Um, some people are still lucky enough to have pensions. There's a guaranteed source of income. And we often tell people going into retirement, you probably want to have a bigger emergency fund than you did in your working days. All those are sources of income that allows you to get money now without tapping some of those longer range investments that you might want to keep growing during this volatility. I want to take just a moment to invite people who are uh, joining us on Facebook. If you have a question personally for Mary Beth, if you will post your question on Facebook right now, we will try to get that in with her in this segment. Uh, Mary Beth, let's talk a little bit about unemployment rates. With unemployment rates being at right at 15% at this point, are you seeing an increase in the number of people who had planned to retire maybe in a few years uh, being forced really to move that retirement date up? up and and retire sooner and if so what would you say that that group needs to do well uh yes anecdotally we're hearing that i mean frankly more than 40 million americans have filed for unemployment we do know that many americans uh beyond the age of 65 which was the traditional retirement age have continued to work and there's an estimate that more than a million workers, 65 plus, have lost their jobs as a result of the pandemic. And so this can be really problematic. They have lots of decisions to make. Okay, I lost my job, and I probably lost my health insurance with it too. What do I need to know about enrolling in Medicare if I'm 65 plus? And maybe I had planned to delay claiming my Social Security benefit um, until I was 70, when it's worth the maximum amount. Well, maybe I can't afford to wait anymore. I certainly don't want to shame anybody into saying, oh, no, you should wait. You have worked long and hard and paid a lot of taxes for your Social Security benefits. If you need them now, go ahead and take them. But I do caution people, know what the consequences are. Know that if you claim your benefits before your full retirement age, which is currently 66, and you die prematurely, you may be leaving your uh, widow or widower with a smaller survivor benefit as a result. But bottom line, if you need the cash and you're of Social Security eligibility age, that can be a good way for you to get cash now and let your retirement savings to continue to grow. Our guest on the Get Ready for the Future show today is Mary Beth Franklin, a specialist in the field of Social Security and Medicare, and she writes a weekly column on retirement issues for investment news. So let's dive in. You mentioned the we talked about the unemployment rate there, Mary Beth. Uh, with that spike in unemployment, you know, you think about the primary source of funding for the Social Security program coming from deductions from payroll taxes. Is this going to cause a, a, a big problem for Social Security? How do you see the effects of this? Well, yes, let's go over what funds Social Security. It does not come from general tax revenues. It is earmarked funds from your payroll tax deductions, your FICA taxes. Money from FICA taxes for today's workers fund the Social Security benefits for today retirees. It's a pay-as-you-go system. Over the last 30 years, uh, as a result of major Social Security reform back in 1983, um, those lawmakers looked far ahead and said, you know what, the baby boomers are going to start retiring around 2010. We should stockpile extra money from FICA taxes so that when they start retiring, there will be additional money there. So two things happened back in the Great Recession in 2010. We saw a similar thing. So many people out of work who were not paying FICA taxes 
um, but benefits were still being paid. It meant those trust fund reserves we talk about were getting smaller. Same thing's happening now. Fewer people are paying into the system. There's enough money to pay ongoing benefits right now, but that extra cash that's being stockpiled, the, the reserves, will probably run out sooner than currently expected. Right now, we expect to be good through about 2034. At that point, when the trust funds run out, there would be enough money from ongoing FICA taxes to pay about 75% of promised benefits. But frankly, no one is going to be satisfied with 75% of promised benefits. As a result of this pandemic, there's all sorts of economists estimating that those trust funds will run out sooner than 2034, might even be by the end of this decade. I'm going to look at that optimistically and say it just means Congress has to tackle this issue sooner rather than later, because it's the most successful and most popular federal program in history, and there is no way that Congress is going to leave current or future retirees high and dry with not enough Social Security benefits. Mary Beth, sticking with the effects of this pandemic, I think one of the things that most people don't think about is the the fact that we're probably not going to see any inflation uh, from a uh, statistical standpoint uh, this year because of the pandemic and because of the economic fallout. And that's going to have an effect on the retirees and a potential increase in their Social Security that people have often looked forward to. Uh, that's probably not going to happen in 2021. Talk us through that. Uh, the annual cost of living adjustment for Social Security is um, decided after the third quarter of the year. And if the third quarter of 2020, which would be July, August, September, if that's higher than the third quarter of the previous year, 2019, that's when we usually get a cost of living adjustment. But the fact that we're in the midst of an economic recession due to the pandemic, um, People aren't going out driving their cars. Gasoline prices are probably at the lowest level in over a decade. That's a major factor in the inflation calculation. It is unlikely at this point that we will see a cost of living adjustment for next year. That official announcement will be made in October um, once we get all the stats from the, um, from the third quarter of 2020. But if I was guessing at this point, I think there probably will not be a cost of living adjustment for 2021. We have just a few seconds left, Mary Beth. I, I know that you host your own podcast and you're uh, active on social media. Give us a give us a way for people to follow you and, and listen to more of your advice. Great. You can listen to my podcast, which is called The Retirement Repair Shop. Any place you listen to podcasts like Apple, Google Play or whatever. Um, you can also just Google my name, Mary Beth Franklin, and you'll see my latest articles that are posted on Investment News. And if you want to know more about how to maximize your Social Security claiming strategies, look for my ebook called Maximizing Your Social Security Retirement Benefits. It's available at investmentnews.com. Always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much. Stay well. Bye-bye. We'll be right back. Are you following us on social media? Search for GenWealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at GenWealthFA so you don't miss out on behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Quick reminder, we are taking your questions on Facebook Live today as we live stream, and we thank you for listening on radio all across the state of Arkansas as we continue our talk about Social Security. But when we talk about the uh, financial plan holistically, you know, Mary Beth got into a little bit of that in that last segment, and I think it's important to talk about that as it relates to Social Security. You know, you talk, we talked about it in the first segment, guys, that that is the foundation. It's not going anywhere. It's rock solid. It's going right. to be a guaranteed check. You know that you can count on that. But when you start thinking about using your assets that could very likely be invested in equities at this point uh, for in your retirement income, think about what she said about sequence risk. And, and let's dive into a little bit more of that. When you're selling, when the market is as volatile as it is, 
It's reverse dollar cost averaging. We talk about it. She mentioned it too. It's a right. value if you're buying. It can be detrimental if you're walking into retirement during a volatile or down market. Uh, I, I often think about when I hear our various guests come on and say what we say all the time yeah. to people about uh, these things like the 4% rule being dead and the sequence of return risk being a big problem for you in retirement. I, I often go, well, how much more information, how much more uh, evidence do you need that, right. that this is the, the way that you've got to think about this? There are all kinds of philosophies out there that, you know, well, I'll just invest and, and you know, this all works it's working works itself out and and you know if i'm making an average of 10 percent and i'm taking four percent out i'll be just fine well that you are until you aren't i will tell you that that sequence risk is literally like hooking up a vacuum cleaner hose yeah. to your pot of money and sucking it away and and giving you no opportunity to interrupt that let's put some practical numbers to this so that you can really see the impact like what like we know would happen at this point um Mary Beth talked about the 4% rule. So that's the, the concept, like John just mentioned, that you would just withdraw 4% from your assets and in hopes that they will normally outgrow that, then, okay, it should last 30 years is what Mary Beth Franklin said. It works until it doesn't. So let me run through a scenario where it didn't work. So if you were, if you saw returns in 2008, you know, the market was down 40%. So let's use that as an example. I'm going to work with a million dollars for easy math purposes, but the concept is the same. I don't care how much or how little you have, the concept works. Okay. So if you start out with a million dollars and you're taking 4% off of that, that means you're withdrawing $40,000 a year. That's the 4% rule at work okay, everything's great. And then along comes 2008. The market's down 40%. So not even worrying about doing the math for the withdrawal that you've taken. Just take 40% off of that million. Now your million dollars is only worth 600000 and you have a choice to make. Are you going to continue withdrawing $40,000, which now off of 600000 would be a 6.7% withdrawal rate, guaranteeing you to run out of money, or are you going to stick with 4%? Now, 4% off of 600000 is 24000 Now, who out there wants to take a decrease going from $40,000 in retirement income to 24000 Nobody wants to do that. But that is the very risk that she was explaining. And it is a risk that we address any time that we do a retirement income plan for our clients. We address sequence of return risk. Because as Mary Beth said, if you have guaranteed sources of income, guys, whether it's Social Security, pension, etc., to cover those areas of money that you have to have, what we call required income, then you can handle some fluctuation and we don't withdraw from volatile buckets of money. We're going to segment those assets so we are guaranteeing a floor level of income for you and on top of that during 2008 as an example we weren't withdrawing from those longer term buckets that actually were exposed to the volatility. Guys let me kind of just draw back a little bit and help you with your mindset about this. In management we talk to our team a lot of the times about climbing the tree and looking where you're going mm -hmm. instead of just plowing through the forest chopping down you know shrubs and, and bushes and things of that nature because if you don't watch where you're going you have no idea what path it is that you're taking and so scott when you think about this whole sequence of return risk you might have the mindset well as long as i'm getting a check everything's going to be fine well, if you're not keeping an eye on what's happening to that pile of money that you've got and yeah. that it's being dwindled down more rapidly than it should because of a volatile market, that is the equivalent of just chopping wood and, and not looking at where you're going and eventually running yourself off a cliff. Let me point out, too, that this is not theory. You can look at historical returns, and we've used illustrations in our workshops to show two hypothetical retirees retiring right. in different years and doing the same thing, being mm -hmm. invested the same way, withdrawing the same amount of money, increasing their income for inflation in the same exact way. And the only thing that was different was the year that they retired and the returns that they got in the market. And we've seen 
increased data or, or more data on that, John, that it may not even be the year. It could be a couple of months difference. That's right. That makes all the difference in whether you run out of money or you have more than you started with. You, you think about if you started retiring, let's say in January, and you did okay in January and February, and all of a sudden March hit, and then, wow, you, you took a big dip and you had to sell more shares to generate that check. What if we'd stayed down? Yeah. You know, what if we hadn't bounced right back up like this economy, ha- like the market has, the economy hasn't, but the market has. What if we hadn't bounced back up? Then you would have had to progressively sell more and more and more shares of your investment to produce that same amount of money that you just retired on a couple of months earlier. And and that is the dynamic of this that a lot of people just don't understand because they don't ever think about it. And you shouldn't have to think about it. Your advisor should be talking to you about it. And yeah. if your advisor is not talking to you about it, you probably need to find an advisor that knows what they're doing because I think clearly they don't understand the sequence risk if they're not talking about it. You're absolutely dead on accurate there. Let's talk about Social Security as well for just a moment. If your advisor is not talking about that, we've spent a lot of time on sequence of return risk, but with Social Security, there are now 86 different claiming strategies, and that is part of the plan that we address for you. It's not just what do I do with my investment money and how do I get income out of this. It is this overall picture of how do I handle my retirement income just as a cumulative whole plan, and it's not just your benefit. It's also the involvement of a spouse's benefit. How do you plan for that? So it's very important to look at that holistically. We've got a uh, comment from uh, one of our listeners, Stanley Brown, commented, "Live, learn to live below your means in advance. And I think mm. we try to help people do that when we talk to them about that budget that they need to put together and their required income and that type of thing. We want to have excess money coming in, in uh, above and beyond your means, your required income, the things that you have to have every day to pay the ongoing expenses of, of your household. And so if you are living below that and yeah. you're discretionary spending the other money, then it doesn't hurt you so much when, you know, maybe a bad time comes and you do have to pull back a little bit on the money that you're, you're uh, taking out for retirement because you've had a bad market or something. That is good advice no matter what age you are. That's right. Because cash flow is important in your savings rate and cash flow is important in figuring out if you can live on a determined amount of income when you head into Retirement. Do want to encourage, and this is for people of any age, to set up an account online uh, at ssa.gov. You can do that. You know they're not they're not mailing out the paper statements right. like they used to. Right. You can find out your your current uh, projected benefit, even if you're in your twenties or thirties, which it's not going to be something you get excited about probably because your work history is not very long. But especially if you're getting closer to needing to know what that number is going to be in retirement, go to ssa.gov. You can. Uh, get a quick estimate of your potential benefit at various retirement ages based on your work history. Uh, And we're going to talk about those ages during the program today as well. It is a little difficult to get through it. Potentially, uh, they're going to ask you some security questions that you may or may not fail. I did. Uh, You know, things like, did you have an auto loan in 1999 with this bank? And you're like, "Um, I don't remember that. But if it does freeze, you're going to have to call the, the, the Social Security Administration. But hopefully you can get on and set that up and get that. That's one of the first things we ask clients to bring to the meeting room when we walk through the ready to retire process. Let's just put put it this way. Garbage in, garbage out. If you don't right, bring yeah. good information, we can't give you accurate projections. We can't give you accurate estimates of what your income uh, is going to be. That's why we ask you to take a little extra step and get those those data points for us. Because if we have those data points, then we can do a lot of stuff with that. Uh, Janet, if we just have just sort of a kind of, well, I think it's about $1,500, then you're going to get about how much money you might be able to get. Yeah, it, it is very important for us to have accurate information for sure. Uh, guys, let's take a minute and talk about a claiming strategy 
that Mary Beth actually shared in this most recent article that she wrote for Investment News. She's talking about a quick cash solution that this has been available for many, many years, but it's something that may really come into play for people who are retiring earlier than what they had planned. So let's use the example of, let's say somebody's full retirement age is age 66, and they were going to wait and keep working until 70 and then claim Social Security. They find themselves, as a result of everything that's going on, retiring at age 67. They actually have the ability to go back retroactively and claim the previous six months worth of benefits, what would have been their benefits if they had triggered it six months ago. They can get that in a lump sum. And then moving forward, they have the ability, let's say they think that that's going to bridge the gap and they're not really retiring. They just need some money to get through a short period of time and then go back to work. They can actually stop receiving the benefits. So delay receipt of further benefits and just have that six months worth Or if you're really retiring, you've got that six months worth and then you continue to get your benefit. Now, it does give you a little bit smaller benefit than what it would have been if you just turned on your benefit at 67 and didn't go back and get the previous six months. But where we see this potentially coming into play Mary Beth talked about the importance of having good savings when you go into retirement. So it could potentially give you that just little top off to your savings account from the last six months of what would have been your Social Security benefit. So that's a possibility. And then also, obviously, just bridging the gap as we kind of weather this storm of are you going back to work or not? If you think about six months of benefit, if your Social Security check was going to be $1,500, that's $9,000 yeah. that you could have to do whatever, to bridge that gap, to to uh, fill the hole that was created by maybe a job loss in the pandemic or whatever the case may be. Uh, it's very, very important that you sit down with someone. And, and by the way, if you want to explore more about what Janet talked about, I know it's it's uh, on broadcast and, and it's hard to, to jot down all of that information, just give us a call at 501-653-7355. We're back with our final segment next. Are you following us on social media? Search for Gen Wealth on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at GenWealthFA so you don't miss out on behind-the-scenes photos, money tips, and informational videos. The Get Ready for the Future show will be back after this. Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. Talking Social Security on today's Get Ready for the Future show. And our thanks again to Mary Beth Franklin, a, a, a specialist in the field of Social Security and Medicare and a writer for retirement issues on for investment news. We thank her for being with us in our interview today. And as we kind of begin to wrap things up in our final segment, a reminder again that if you're wondering about how when you should claim for Social Security, how that fits into your overall retirement plan, we are waiving our financial planning fees for those 55 and older. And if you are a couple, only one spouse needs to be 55 or older. We're waiving that through June 30th. And let me be clear, too, that if you call us and set the appointment in June, but you can't get into the office until July, you don't feel comfortable still getting into the office till later in the summer, that's okay. As long as you make the call, 501-653-7355 by June 30th, we'd encourage you to do it right now. We have people uh, in the office standing by to take your call. We will schedule that appointment and begin to work through the ready-to-retire process. And Social Security is part of that process. It is. Social Security is the foundation of your retirement. It's the foundation of the ready-to-retire process. But the ready-to-retire process is a lot more than just just social security planning. It is planning for the assets that you have saved and accumulated all of these years. It is strategizing what you want to do with your money and helping you to think through things like, okay, do I need to have more money coming in early in my retirement and maybe uh, back off my withdrawals a little bit later because I plan to be more active during my early years of retirement? A lot of people are, are of that mindset. And I know that that is a discussion that all of our advisors have with people in our appointments. But it's a very thorough process that we go through. I think you've got to to ask yourself this question. With something as big, and one of the clients that I I was visiting with earlier this week said, you know what, John, this is the biggest decision that I will ever make as far as 
a financial decision is concerned. It's bigger than buying a house. It's bigger than than uh, buying a car or any other major item. It is how I'm going to plan the income that I'm going to live on for the rest of my life. And you have to ask yourself when you're faced with a situation like that, does it make sense to just wing it? To just kind of go, oh, yeah, we're, we'll get a little something going on, and I don't really understand all of that. and Or does it make sense to take some time and actually dig in a little bit? If it is the biggest decision financially that you will ever make in your life, don't you owe it to yourself to spend the time that's necessary to get educated about this? Now, understand, not becoming a financial expert at it, but actually working with a partner, working with a team of people that are going to help you make those decisions and craft a retirement plan that is very specific to your situation. Janet, I don't know any more important process that people could go through from a financial standpoint other than getting something on paper, on purpose, about their retirement. I mean, if you think about it, guys, this generation is really in a different situation retirement-wise than what we've ever seen before Mm -hmm. in our country. And not just because of what's going on right now with COVID-19 and everything else that's going on in our country, but because the retirement income sources for you are different than what they've ever been. Like my grandfather did not have a need to have a plan. He had a social security check and he was able, because it was in the 1980s, he was able to get, you know, 15% (laughs) return on a CD. You don't need a retirement income plan if you have those types of guaranteed sources. Hmm. Let me say, nobody is in that boat today. Not a soul out there. So you may be sitting there thinking, well, I I know in my family, there's a whole lot of when you get ready to make a big decision, even as a grown adult, you go, what would daddy have done? What would my granddaddy have done? They didn't need a plan. You know, they were in a very different boat than you are. And so many of them probably had a pension that you don't have. So when you think about the fact that they didn't have to do that, it's okay that you're taking a different approach than what they did. You're in a different situation. And so you've got to look at, all right, I'm looking at really taking like a 30-year vacation from work. And so what's my income source going to be? How am I going to be sure that I still have a paycheck coming in even when I'm not working to earn that paycheck anymore? And that takes some planning. Now, we're here to help you walk through that process, and all we need to do is ask you some questions and understand your situation, and we'll help build that plan. It's very customized to you. I, I want to point that out for a moment, too. I had uh, a gentleman who's been a, a long-term client of mine call me uh, before the show today, and he asked me several questions he said I had a buddy of mine call me and they were asking me what I've got with you and and I need to be able to go back and tell them and and I'm gonna it was right before the show and I didn't have time to go through everything so I'm gonna call him back but but really the point is not what he's got it's what do they need because we can do whatever it is but what he has is different than what you know a co-worker who also worked at the same place with him for the you know same period of time their retirement needs are different and that's what you want you want someone to evaluate what you need not what your buddy had because your buddy's situation might be completely different might be exactly the same and you might need exactly the same things i get that but you want someone to evaluate you and your situation and your conditions in your life and in your retirement, because to just, you know, kind of cookie cutter, throw some stuff out there is irresponsible. It would not be uh, us fulfilling our fiduciary duty to you. And so when you come in and sit down, the discussion is about you and your situation and we're really almost playing detective if you will we're trying to find out as much as we can so we can help you make those proper decisions and scott that process is is a fairly it sounds like it's very involved and there's a lot of detail in it but it's fairly easy for someone to step into that process and then we help them along the way i think that's a great point because they're going to be answering questions that they're probably going to be pleased to answer in many Mm questions in many uh, Mm -hmm. situations you know when you get to think about what their retirement is going to look like and many times I don't think they have. I don't think our clients have thought too much about that when they first come in uh, for that first appointment. I want to build on something, too, that Janet said. You know, you talked about this generation 
without uh, pensions, and it's kind of all on them, and yeah. they don't have the interest rates. And that that is the struggle and the challenge. But I also think there's opportunity that may be wasted otherwise, because they're also the generation that came in in the dawn of 401ks yes. and IRAs and Roth IRAs. And they've taken advantage of that in many cases. And maybe they have a really nice size nest egg that they've accumulated over the last 30 or 40 years of their work life, but they don't know how it's going to yeah. give them income for now the rest what? of their life. And many yeah. times yeah. I see people come in that the plan and their mindset is, I'm going to live off the Social Security check, and that's our, as you fond of saying, just in case retirement. That, yeah. That's my that's my nest egg. That's my if I need a car or if I need something. And if that works for you, that's fine. But couldn't it be more dynamic than that? Couldn't yeah. it be a monthly income plan that shows you how you can draw income from your assets while at the same time having a portion of them grow over yeah. time so that you don't run out of money before you run out of time? Scott, Troy and I met with somebody recently who was in that mindset, like, I've got Social Security, I've got a small pension, and then I'm just going to set this other stuff aside and it'll be there if I ever need it, just yeah. in case. And what we were able to to demonstrate to her, and it's just, it's mathematic. I mean, you can't debate it once the plan is put together. What we were able to demonstrate to her, not that she has to take it, but she could have twice as much income as what she was thinking would be okay wow. just because of the way we, we can utilize those assets. And she had never thought about it as an income source. She had accumulated it just in case. Well, we don't want you to have to live a just-in-case retirement. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think that uh, the other aspect that I want to point out is that oftentimes people walk into an advisor's office and they say, what's the deal? You know, uh, what, what What are you going to offer me? What, and it's like a transaction or something like that. It's like you're, you're going in to trade something. That's not the case at all at GenWealth. We're going to ask you, what's the plan? And you probably don't have a plan or you, else you wouldn't be here. And so you come in and you say, okay, these are the things I want to do. Then we put that plan together for you. That's our closing bell. Time for our final thoughts. We've talked a lot about Social Security today. So my final thought is... If you are going it alone on a Social Security decision, maybe you're one of one of those roughly one in five adults, 65 and older, still in the workforce and trying to figure out how you're going to claim your Social Security benefit. My, my encouragement would be don't go it alone and don't count on the Social Security Administration offering you advice on that. Work with a financial advisor as part of your overall retirement plan to determine your claiming strategy for Social Security. My, my final thought would be a, a focus on how many sources in 2020 we have had of chaos and fear and uncertainty. Mm. It's all around us, all day, every day, chaos, fear, uncertainty. Your retirement income does not need to be on that list. All you need to do is get a plan. Yeah, and I think that's uh, the final thought that I would bring is that it's a great opportunity right now to take advantage of what we're offering as a result of all of the chaos that's out there, all the pandemic stuff and everything, is that we have suspended our financial planning fees. And so if you're 55 or older, either you or your spouse are 55 or older, you can come to GenWealth and be charged absolutely nothing to get this plan in place. Normally, it, it runs anywhere from five to $1,500 to actually create create a financial plan, we are going to waive those fees through June 30th. If you call and book an appointment, and the appointment, uh, it can be at any time, but the appointment needs to be booked by June 30th, then we will waive that financial planning fee for you here at GenWealth Financial Advisors. You can call right now, 501-653-7355. Again, it's 501-653-7355, the main number. We have offices in West Little Rock, Bryant, Hot Springs, El Dorado, Bossier City, Louisiana, and in Conway. Good to be with you on the Get Ready for the Future show. We thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. The Gen Wealth Financial Team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. Gen Wealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of Gen Wealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. 